Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam, and together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So getting right to it, today we are talking about being the mentor. And being a mentor is something that maybe sounds super intimidating to some of us, to others of us that just gets our fire going. Uh, For Lisa and I both, we have had the opportunity to experience the investment of some amazing godly women in our lives, even in some places that were very broken in our past. And as a result of that, and as a result of just digging into his word, we've both been challenged to really make our lives about investing in others, mentoring others. Uh, Lisa, for you, that's really the the whole subject of More to Be itself. Yeah, it has become the backbone of the ministry in a way I could never have envisioned. Uh, and I'm still shocked to this day <laughs> at how many women feel insecure about this topic of being a mentor and how many obstacles there are in their thinking that prevent them from stepping into these places of impact and influence. And so it's been such a delight to be able to serve God in this way, having walked through those shoes of insecurity and doubt and jealousy, you name it, I've kind of walked (laughs) it. And then being able to be in a position of saying to the women who come my way, it's not that hard and I can help you get there. And there's just joy in that. There is such joy in that. And I think maybe one of the foundational things that kind of helps us get to that place of understanding and of desire to walk that out in our own lives is really understanding that God has called us to it, why why we're called to it, how he's called us to it. And so as we always do, I'm going to just start with, with opening up the word and I'm going to read a passage that we're concentrating on today. Um, and that's Titus 2, 3 to 5, and then also verses 11 through 15. So um, as we always say, if you're there listening to us and you got your Bible, pull it out, mark it, go back and dig into it yourself later. Um, and if not, just make a note and um, and you can open it up when you, when you have time, when you got it in your hands. So mm-hmm. Titus 2, 3 to 5, and then verses 11 through 15. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and from sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone disregard what you say. And all God's people said, Mm, amen, amen, amen. This word is so good. And I know it's pretty traditional to go straight to Titus 2 in terms of mentoring. 
what I have seen through the study of, of the bulk of this chapter, though, though over the last couple of years, is so much more than I did initially. And that's what I'm really looking forward to unpacking today. But I want to back it up and just give a confession. Uh, there are two things that happened in my life that made me really not a fan of mentoring. I have to say, uh, <laughs> the first time I was in my 20s and one of my good friends was saying to me, she wanted to ask this older gal to be her mentor. And I remember thinking at that time, like, why would you do that? That's kind of like weird. And, and, and granted, I was a new believer. So the weirdness was a result of I never lived with people speaking into my life. And so the idea that I would intentionally meet with somebody and get honest with them scared the daylights out of me. I was mm. still trying to uh, look the part of being a godly woman, a godly wife, a godly mom. And I didn't really want anybody to get that close. <laughs> honest, honest. And but I'll never forget that conversation and that thought process of I don't want that. So then fast forward. I think it would be at least about 15 years. And I was attending one of these mega conferences and there was these two women that were up on stage, an older woman and a younger woman. And the younger woman kind of snugged into the arm of the older woman and, and described her as her mentor. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there insanely jealous at that point. I mean, how, how much my personality had changed over a 15 year period that wow. now I crave that. I wanted these older women to speak into my life. And where I was sitting in this uh, banquet hall, I could look around the room and I felt like I just saw every shade of green, kind of like a wave at a, a, a stadium event where everybody kind of does their hands up. It could have been, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, I'm jealous, all throughout the whole room. Mm. And I thought, this is not right. Like, we should not sit here jealous of what they have for each other. We should be sitting here thinking... God, you should get the glory for this because that is your intention for the body of Christ, that the older generation should come alongside the younger generation. There should be a mutual respect and honor and connection. And that was right around the time that I started More to Be and came home from that thinking a lot with the Lord, like, so what's the deal? Like, what is the real deal about mentoring? Is it biblical? Is it necessary? Uh is that jealousy because we're wanting what you you intend for our good that, that is absent from our lives? And at the time, I was actually heavily mentoring teenage girls, so involved in them, in their lives. Even though I don't think any of them would say I was their mentor, we didn't have like a meeting time. We didn't have um, some sort of program that we were following. We just had these ordinary everyday conversations mm -hmm. that were very, on my part, very intentional in pursuing their hearts. Uh, and so as I started thinking about that more and more, I realized, oh my word, the Lord surrounded me with a circle of mentors. And suddenly all these women that God had put in my life took on a new uh, identity from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I could see that that conversation after dinner in the dining hall, which we were at the boarding school, so that was a natural thing, uh, was a mentoring conversation. And the moments in which I looked at my kids and I didn't know what to do with them in that particular season and stage. And I went and I had a conversation with one of the older gals that I knew from church and said, how did you handle this situation? That was a mentoring conversation. Yeah. And, I and you know, you're saying you said yeah. something just immediately jumped out to me. And that is, it's about a mindset. 
you know, do you approach relationships to invest in others? Do you approach relationships to seek wisdom in others? It really comes back to that. What's your mindset? What's your heart behind it? Right. And are you, are you looking to receive only? Are you looking to give? Mm -hmm. And maybe you're looking to receive, but you're afraid Mm -hmm. that you might be rejected or afraid that you might do it wrong or afraid you might say the, the wrong thing. Or maybe you're, you want to receive, but you're afraid like I was 20 years ago now to even admit that I needed somebody to speak into my life. Have you struggled with that? Oh yeah. Big time. Um, and a, a lot of it comes down to what you talked about in the beginning, that image on the outside as women, we're, we're so determined to look like we have it together. Um, and there's a fear also, I think for many of us, we have been hurt. Mm-hmm. whether that's uh, by somebody that we tried to invest in or whether that's by somebody who was investing in us, you know, our own brokenness will also affect those relationships. And so uh, for me, there have been times when I've held back in relationship because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of getting hurt. Um, and yet, you know, we always talk about getting to the word, getting to the word. What God says is true will shape how we think when we begin to recognize that God will even use those hurts to grow us, to shape us into the women that he can use, who can glorify him with our lives. Um, That's, it's freeing, I think. And it also gives me the courage to say, okay, well, yep, chances are I might get burned in some way or other, or I may burn somebody else, Mm -hmm. but God's even going to work in that. If I um, am going to him for the strength, going to him for the wisdom and that's what I'm pouring out or I'm, I'm seeking that. And then I'm allowing him to also speak that through another woman. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think there's so much truth in that. And I think you touch on so many of the, the obstacles that stand in our way of engaging in the relationship. It's the, it's the fear factor, fear yeah. of hurt, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of um, being misunderstood. And so one of the things that I've really emphasized in all the mentoring training and all the mentoring writing that I've been doing is that the number one goal really is for us to follow Christ distinctly. Yes. If our mind and heart is bent on, I am a child of God saved by the blood of Jesus for my sin. He died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin Mm -hmm. and has set me anew to walk with him. And I need to learn how to do that by being in the word and being receptive to the Holy Spirit's leading. If I'm doing that, I can come alongside anyone and invite them to join me in that journey. Yes. And so even when we sin, that sin isn't necessarily a bad thing if we're also modeling humility, repentance, confession, and transformation. Mm-hmm. So I, I do say in Impact Together, my book on biblical mentoring, that there are times that we shouldn't be mentoring, that we need to step away from it because we're still in the muck of it. And the redemptive part of the story hasn't yet manifested. And so what then we would be speaking is out of the overflow of the hurt or the pain or the shame. And that's not necessarily helpful in a a mentoring relationship. Mm -hmm. But if we are walking with the Lord and saying, show me your time, show me your moment, show me who, uh, he will appoint those relationships. And if we take a life coaching approach, which I, I include in all the training material, how to ask really good questions in, in, instead of giving advice. So mm-hmm. there is a place in mentoring for advice, absolutely. 
But first you have to develop the relationship. Then you can engage their heart by asking questions. Mm. And then when they are in the place of saying, well, what do you think I should do? That's a great opportunity to flip it back and say, well, what do you think you should do? And give the Holy Spirit a chance to be their teacher and counselor and guide in that safe environment and be the accountability around them to at that point say, well, is that consistent with scripture? Let's go look for that. Then you move into teaching and training mode. And you, you have a phrase that I've heard you use before, and you may get into this in another episode, but the phrase ministering from the overflow. Talk about that just for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I was saying before, it's that God has to fill us up first in order to have something to pour out. And he tells us out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know if bitterness and, and, uh, criticism and angst and fear and anxiety, if that's what's coming out of our mouth, then that's what we're overflowing onto those that we're mentoring. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any of us that would be like, yeah, that's great. Like, I think all of us would be like, can we stop that up and not have that come <laughs> out? And so, um, so then the real question is, what, what do we need to have tended before the Lord in order for that part of us to be healed? So then what overflows is by nature of what God has healed and done in us. And I just want to say too, having a heart that is hungry to be changed, having a heart that is repentant before God, you, you mentioned earlier the issue of, you know, being careful not to minister out of our sin. God Mm -hmm. will redeem even that. But um, as, as someone who maybe would seek to mentor not feeling like you got to have all the answers or have it all together, but yes. have a heart before God that says you change me. And when he does reveal something to us saying, yes, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll turn from that and go. And that in and of itself, even if we don't say the words out loud becomes an example to the women around us. Absolutely. And I think the other side of, of living that out is also that circle of mentoring that we're, planted in. So when I think about the overflow, it's not only the heart piece, but it's how I live. So if God has made me a mom, I have children. That's my existence at this moment. So my first overflow ministry is to my children in my home. Mm -hmm. They're the first ones that I mentor. Then who is beyond that? So right now in the season of life, the beyond that is my church. Mm -hmm. And I'm co-leading a Bible study at church. So it's the women in that group. And there's most of our group is actually older, but there are a few younger women in that group. And my brain is how can I have extra intentional conversations with these younger women to encourage them? And so I'll give you an example. One of the gals um, had surgery and lifting her son to put him in the car seat was painful. So I said to her, can I come down with you when it's time to get him from the nursery and carry him out to the car for you? So some people might say that's just an act of service. Well, if they, and if you know me, I don't do acts of service. Like it's not my nature. <laughs> that was not my motivator. My motivator was how can I come alongside her in her need mm-hmm. to affirm to her, I love her and care about her. Yeah. And, and so as God would have it, carrying her little, you know, precious little boy out to her car and buckling him in was also a time for us to connect and talk. And I found out more about her family and her situations. And and now it's opportunity for me to pray for her about those needs. And so mm-hmm. I think maybe we overcomplicate the word mentoring because it feels like a title. And I look at it as a mission. 
I love that. And you know what? I want to just take a minute to really challenge you if you're listening and also offer you really a word of freedom. And that is, um, Lisa, you mentioned, you know, first, my first role is, you know, if you're a mama, that's number well, our husbands, you know, yeah, number right, one. right. Um, if you're not a mama, maybe God has some other women and we're going to get into this in a future episode where, you know, he's calling you to have a mama heart toward them. But maybe it's that you are a single woman right now. You're in maybe a college student. You've got girls in the dorm living around you. Um, I just want to challenge you. Don't worry about, you know, the world might tempt us to look for the glory, look for the big title, as you said, look for the position uh, maybe I should go to Africa. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have, maybe God will call you there. Yes. Mm-hmm. But first be where you are. Um, and, and I really want to just offer that as a word of encouragement too. You know, Lisa's passion is encouraging women, teaching them how to be mentors. Um, and, and mine is doing it right where you are first. So be free to be right where you are. You don't have to go hunting um, be bold to do it when he does call you also. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really, you know, just want to challenge us and encourage us to do it where it's happening naturally and what he's called us to be first. That's awesome. I'm glad you said that because I, I think that we, in every season, in every stage of life, will have an opportunity to mentor regardless of our roles and our relationships. So mother or not mother, like you were saying, uh, married or not married, um, young or old, in a corporate environment, in a ministry environment. And if we're doing life side by side with people, there is somebody that God has called us to pour into. Mm-hmm. And the question is, for what purpose? And that's where I want to really dive into these scriptures to look at that purpose. Mm-hmm. So um, since we're already at the end of part one of our episode, we're going to wrap up this one and we're going to pick it up uh, next time where we dig deep into the Titus two scripture passages and look at the application points uh, straight from scripture. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the more to be podcast. Join us for part two next time where we'll dig even more into Titus two and what it has to encourage and instruct us with regards to being a mentor. We're praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word through our time together today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com podcasts for show notes and free downloadable resources, plus a little giveaway in store for you. May you continue to think biblically and live authentically to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.